Welcome to the Empowering Health Journeys podcast, the podcast that just might challenge your association between the diagnosis and the prognosis, where you might be inspired to try a new superfood, supplement, or herb. Please understand we do not assess, diagnose, treat, prescribe, or cure. We do encourage you to consider what possibilities today's topic might add to your health and wellness journey. Well, today, folks, I am super honored, excited to introduce to you Victoria Vivas Kwong. Victoria, welcome to Empowering Health Journeys podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. And hi, everybody. Absolutely. It's going to be a great conversation today, folks. So, Victoria, we're going to jump right into this. Tell me more. I know that you are a divine sexuality expert. Tell me about your journey to this place because the energy is so beautiful. So uh, much to tell. I'll let you go. Please. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It has been quite the um, adventure since I grew up uh, to, to today. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So I grew up with three mothers my mom, my grandmother, and my aunt, and no men in my house, and even going to an only girl school. So my world (laughs) was all women, all women. And the thing is that we were living in dictatorship, and it was an ultra-conservative regime. Sex was like strictly for procreation, and then to be a woman was totally second class. So it was almost like we were there, to, to just become a good wife. That was to serve. <laughs> to serve. Yeah. So, so it wasn't very good to be in the role of a woman. And I just was like, oh no, I'm not going to be the next loser in my lineage of women suffering and giving everything and losing everything. Yeah. I'm going to be different. I'm going to learn how to be like a man. Yes. So that I can succeed in this world. Yes. And so I did. I, I was empowered. I went out and became primetime television star of sorts. In Spain or in North in America? Okay. In Spain. So okay. people would recognize me in the streets because I was always working in television and I was so empowered, like, yes. But there was something that wasn't really working. Mm-hmm. Something inside was not really working. Uh. The things were not good. They were worse and worse and worse until I had a near-death experience. Oh, my. So I, I drowned in the ocean and that turned everything around. Because as you can imagine, seeing myself, I'm going to die. Oh, my goodness. No, no, I don't want to, to, to die. Because up to that date, it's like I didn't want to be alive, Lana. It's like I was feeling... Um, a lot of challenges in my life. I was the only black person growing up. So my mom, aunt, and grandmother, all the people around in, in town were white. Yes. So, so imagine, you know, just put yourself in this situation. Imagine every day your family is black <laughs> since yes. you are white. Yes. Everybody in your neighborhood is black. Everybody that you see on a daily basis is black. So yes. it becomes a little shocking. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the the phrase the black sheep in the family yeah oh. is it is not a negative connotation in this way it's just how much 
you stand out, but yeah. but is it standing out in a positive, uplifting way, or is it in a demeaning, downward way? And I can't imagine as a little girl and bless your mom and your grandma and your auntie, but holy smokes, yeah. So <laughs> this near death experience, you were out on the water and got yes, what happened? We, we were diving and my equipment was faulty. So I I just drawn and and it was like up to that day I was like I just don't want to leave I just don't want to leave and as soon as I was drowning I was like I want to be alive <laughs> okay I changed my mind I changed my mind fair enough I'm glad you changed your mind Victoria right right so it was a a close call and finally they. Uh, rescued me, resuscitated me, and it was like, oh my goodness, I have a second chance. Yes, this I have to make it count. And and life started feeling so different. And also, I brought some awareness from the other side. Sorry, <laughs> my you can there. see via the um, cameras right now that I'm really glad you made that choice. I'm honored oh. to meet you today, but I can't imagine that. Okay. I maybe wasn't living as full out as I wanted to live full out, but like you say, bringing that back. Sorry, keep going. I got, oh. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, so I came back and life was totally different. It was a, a new opportunity. I wanted to discover the world of spirit because I had that experience seeing my body uh, descending in the ocean yes from outside and, and it was an incredible experience and a sense of peace I never had experienced before oh. so then as I came back I started exploring I was very familiar with what it was to be in the physical body but I wanted to explore the other side so I started with meditation chanting mantras and one day I was chanting mantras in a yoga center and suddenly I had an experience of oneness. I was one with everything, with the universe. It was like oh. a second, but it lasted an eternity. So it was an incredible experience. And I didn't know what it was, but my, my awareness changed. I started seeing light. I started perceiving things in a different way. And it was very confusing. <laughs> because Well, well and let me clarify ask that question so oneness is is a very um peaceful um now full-on kind of experience from what i've heard someday i want to have one of them but in the meantime would would your <laughs> yoga instructor have known what had happened to you that was Did the problem nobody knew nobody knew what was happening right to me. Every th everybody thought I was crazy. This was <laughs> pain years ago. So everybody thought that I, I had become a little bit cuckoo. Yeah. Including myself. Including myself. I thought that I had lost it and I didn't know how to come back to earth. Yeah. <laughs> I came back, but I'm not sure if I came back. But Exactly. Exactly. So um, I decided to disconnect from everything because I... I didn't know how to follow that path. I didn't have a mentor. Yes. So I, I just left everything behind and I said, I'm going to be as normal as I can. I just want to be able to understand my life. So that brought me into creating music. So I started composing music, creating music that was healing, that talked to people about 
you know, you have a soul, you have a life, just make the best out of it. And I started with that. And that created a, another set of magnificent uh, adventures. Um, but Victoria, yeah. I got to clarify though, <laughs> were you still being a TV personality or did you quit after this? Yes, yeah, yes. As well? Oh my. Okay, yes. keep going. So wow. it was very difficult because I was totally <laughs> spacey <laughs> and yet I was in front of the camera every single day <laughs> in primetime television. Yeah. <laughs> so it was very difficult. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> the journeys. Yeah, no, it was it was crazy, but I made it. <laughs> you did just fine. <laughs> so then finally, with all these experiences and, and just saying, okay, I have to leave that behind. I started just focusing on music, touring. And finally, I came here to the US where I find, finally found my mentors. Here, the perspective on, especially in Los Angeles, everything yes. about healing is so much more normal than it was in Spain. <laughs> more, more common, if I may speculate because i've never had the privilege of going to spain um, most of spain is a very christian or catholic basis to it am i correct on that uh, you know actually here there is a lot of that perspective as well even more i have found it here to to be a little bit more um accentuated sometimes yes okay. so there is more diversity also but yes, I never seen as much um, the Catholic aspect here is stronger than in Spain. Okay, okay. When I was cool. growing up, it was different because it was a dictatorship. Yes. So at that time, it was all ultra conservative, everything censored, everything very, um, yeah, not progressive. Okay. But then what happened is that we had the dictator died. So it was like the rubber band effect. <laughs> yes. So it was like everybody got crazy. So now uh, everybody wanted to be naked. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> yes, it's actually, <laughs> it's funny, but it's how it, it, it is said that Spain got naked and it was called the destape, which is like the uncovering. Because then you started seeing all the censor shows. Now it was the opposite. In television, everybody, all the women mostly were naked. Well. <laughs> But that's part of that, um, like you say, that rubber band effect or that teeter-totter effect when mm. you're so suppressed and yes. so confined or held back or whatever words we yes. wish to use. When that is released, then there's a huge um, expansion, which has <laughs> lovely aspects to it. Yeah, so, it, had, it had beautiful things. What I enjoy the most is culturally, the music, the the film, all the arts went to a different place. So there was a lot of unique concepts that that were worn throughout that period. Yes. So they were very beautiful things. There were also, also some things that were a little extreme. And mm -hmm. as a little girl, um, just seeing so much, um, it wasn't, it, it was almost considered semi-porn sometimes. Yes. yes. So it was a little like wow we're coming from this conservative and now it is like the opposite it was a little bit confusing and i feel that that is also part of what my divine sexuality path um has entailed understanding 
the distortion of sexuality instead to be something natural how it can be taken to extremes yeah. Yeah. and in that way becomes unnatural yeah yeah that finding the balance of that as compared to the extreme suppressed or the extreme um objectified i would yeah, say yes yeah thank you for that word because <laughs> i was struggling for it um open exploratory vibe carry on yes so eclectic like here i i came and because i had that experience of having to just leave all the spirit realm behind in order to continue living yes <laughs> yeah um, when i came here i actually was more focused on martial arts oh so, okay yeah so what happens is martial arts and healing arts are actually very related it's almost like the yin and yang of the same so if if you are able to practice martial arts and hurt somebody it's good to know healing arts to heal that somebody as well fair enough <laughs> Fair enough. So it's like, and the same for ourselves. If we injure ourselves doing martial arts, we want to be able to heal ourselves through healing arts. So they combine. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Oh, thank you. So when I came here, I was in the martial arts. <laughs> yes. So I wasn't, I didn't have any connection with anybody in healing. I So I just had my own journey. I learned how to do metaphysics healing which is a, a, a specific style mm -hmm. and and i was just doing that but i i didn't really have a group or a mentor or anybody until finally i found my mentors and that changed my life that was like finally they they told me one of them was actually a, a psychologist so she said no no you weren't crazy that was a kundalini awakening third eye opening and the movements that I was doing, because my body would do yoga on its own, those movements are called kriyas. And I was oh. like, oh, I wasn't crazy. Oh my God. <laughs> so, so, so the near-death experience was a kundalini awakening. The, the near-death experience is almost like it was the catalyst. Okay. For then a year after. Oh, having the oneness. Okay. This oneness. Okay. Exactly, exactly. And then also in my shamanic training, as I trained with my mentors in shamanism, they also explain how these are initiations that we go through. So if we want to work as healers, and, and you know, work is a, a strange idea when it comes especially to the shamanic path, because this is a calling. So it's not a career choice, but it's a calling. Yes. Yes, And then we get these initiations from spirits so that we can understand the other side. So through a near-death experience, you understand the other side. Through a almost psychotic episode or uh, experiencing the, the reality beyond mm -hmm. the veil, you mm -hmm. also understand how to deal with the world of spirits. So these are connections and initiations that we go through. But if we don't understand them or have a mentor to guide us, it can become very scary sometimes. Yes. So that was essential for me to embrace healing again. And, and finally, I left martial arts a little bit on the side and fully focused on energy healing, healing arts, and teaching. Tra training, um, I train over 4,000 students in becoming practitioners, becoming teachers, 
different practice, uh, practices. So shamanism, Reiki, crystal healing. I love to do as much as possible an apprenticeship in which they go through a full year and they learn all the different aspects. So that's my favorite. So there's approximately a, at least four different, I'll use the word modalities, components to this year-long journey then? Oh, there are many. There are okay. many. Yes, they, they learn Reiki in the traditional Japanese style and also the Western style. So this is from level one to master. Okay. Then they also learn crystal healing, the basics, and then they advance. Then sound healing, EFT, the tapping technique, psychic reading, they learn shamanism. <laughs> I, I literally put everything I, I learned in one year, the foundation. And then I have other programs like plant medicine, working with plants to create tinctures, to create um, powder for first aid, many different yes. things. So I, I had a, a total of over 70 different classes. So this was my, when you ask, what is that you need to heal? Okay, I need to <laughs> stop creating things. <laughs> That's what I need. <laughs> That's my problem. <laughs> so, yeah, um, just to help our listeners clarify a little bit of that, before we hit record and got going on this, and that was one of my questions to Victoria was, <laughs> what else is still on the healing journey? What, where are you working on right now? Obviously, I think she needs to um, uh, collaborate, um, not collaborate, condense or to uh, clarify or to drop a couple of things. That's maybe part of the healing bucket is to actually let a few things spill out over <laughs> off the edge of the plate and not worry about picking them back up again. They Thank are you. within, so... <laughs> <laughs> yes, so that's my, my process right now. So I, I scaled down from the 70 different classes and now I'm focusing more and more. I just chose the one that I saw the greatest transformation with, which is divine sexuality. So I just started just allowing the other ones to fade out a little bit. And at the same time, as I'm focusing on this divine sexuality, I'm bringing a little bit of the other aspects as well, because in divine sexuality, we need still to bring tools for healing. So yes, that's the, what I'm doing, that transformation. And from teaching healers and training practitioners and teachers, I'm focusing more on working with women in general, business women I'm working with, or moms that are exhausted and need more energy, need to reconnect with their sexuality after having had babies women that might divorce and now they have to restart their lives. So yeah, women in general. I love it. I absolutely love it. So what is that path of helping me connect with my divine sexuality? What, how do you define that as compared to rural Alberta farm girl, because I don't think of it so much as wearing dresses and high heels and makeup. There's, give me some context of what divine sexuality, upping that energy level means to you, please. 
Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. It's not about wearing heels. In fact, I, when I work with women in person, when we don't have the pandemic situation, I actually ask them for a full month to just go out with no heels, no shaving, yes. no makeup, <laughs> because we women are so conditioned by our media mm -hmm. and we start feeling insecure about ourselves and i i want to empower women to be able to accept themselves uh, with what i call bare beauty so just mm. being yourself 100 and know how beautiful you are and then then the following months we go the opposite so we go full out <laughs> makeup and heels and <laughs> push up bras in the whole nine yards yes. <laughs> because but it's also another aspect of being a woman Yes. And so, some women feel very uncomfortable with that, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> both aspects. Both yeah. aspects. Well, that's just it, is there will be some of us that can go relatively bare, um, maybe not completely bare, but relatively bare um, outside of our home. And there's some women that I can't remember the last time I ever saw them without makeup or mm. or done to the nines and I respect there's that balance of who are you dressing up for who are mm. you cleaning up for and is it a and this sounds really mean I don't mean it that mean is it a facade for some inner weakness some lack thereof so, so keep what's this journey look like? So we know what month one is and what month two is. What's month three look like? Uh, oh, oh, actually, that's not necessarily month one. Oh, okay. Two, but that's part of it. And that is on the side. It's not part of the main work that we do. Yes. But it is very important to start understanding how our society, our culture has determined what is beauty. And this was not always like that. So the standard of beauty has continuously changed mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's important to be able to be ourselves beyond that. But anyway, that was almost like a side note. Properly answering your question, um, divine sexuality is the, the process of elevating sex, sexuality, all gender-related issues, on all gender-related blessings, Yes, we are taking sexuality from the gutter of objectification, shame, taboo, guilt, and we elevate it into the realm of profound intimacy, self-actualization, self-love, self-care, mm -hmm. really bringing it to a divine plane, understanding that this is our creative life force energy being expressed understanding that this is natural that is essential to have a good relationship with our sexuality so through this process i find that there are five hidden traumas that they are actually in my ebook which uh, people can receive for free okay and these five hidden traumas are going to be what keep us in the shut off state so yes. as women, our femininity many times is squashed down because we don't live in a world that is celebrating 
our success from a feminine perspective is more about being high achievers, more the masculine aspect, but not so much being loving, being caring, being having a beautiful family. Normally, we women in our society are really emphasizing going out there in the world, making a name for ourselves, having the next lunch for, for our business, our product, and just being in that very masculine aspect that depletes us. Yes. It really depletes us. So we need to start moving from that shadow state and moving into what I call the ecstatic experience, oh. where we reconnect, we become the blooming women. Keep going. Because yeah. all I can see running through my head right now is for how long the connotation of the weaker sex Mm. And for lack of a better phrase, geez, that gets under my skin really quick. And yet there is that energy of combining, of love. Keep going. Tell me more about this program. Yes, this, absolutely. This. So that energy that we put all the time out there, out there, just started bringing a little bit to ourselves, self-care, self-love, bringing our femininity back bringing that sense of juiciness and basking on that energy. So that's one of the aspects. And of course, other things that are going to come into play is that relationship that we have with our bodies and the body shame that sometimes comes, which taps into what you were sharing, that there, there might be women that are always with makeup and other things and covering perhaps some insecurities, but that's the world we live in. Yes. It's so sad. I worked in television, so I know what I'm talking about. Yes. Because I had to always wear makeup, I wear, wear uh, wigs, extensions, heels, skimpy outfits. It was all the time like that. And that's what women are seeing in television. Yes. So how we feel when we're seeing that? Are they telling us that we are not good enough as we are? or that we should look in this way or that way. So that body shame is directly, directly related to how much we have the ability of have sexual arousal and enjoyment for sexuality. Mm-hmm. Big have- time, big time shift. Yeah. Oh, you're doing good, you're doing good work here, girlfriend. Holy schmack. <laughs> Thank so, you. So yeah. keep going, tell me more about this. Yes, so more things that happen. Of course, uh, women that have become mothers, they have this new identity and sometimes they disassociate from being a sexual woman or a lover. Now they have this role of being a mother. Their bodies have changed. They have a new responsibility and they start disconnecting also from sexuality, feeling less desire, feeling a little bit out of that role mm-hmm. of being mm-hmm. a lover. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing that happens sometimes. So there are many, many layers. Another one, we, were, we talked before about um, Catholicism and I grew yes. up as a, as a Christian in Spain. And as I mentioned, it was very uh, conservative. Yes. So the idea of sex is only for procreation. And the things that I would hear are if a woman has too much sex, we'll get sick. She will get sick. 
So, I mean, who wants to get sick? I don't want to get sick. Well, and whose definition of how much sex is going to make you sick? Is yeah. that like, is that once a month or once a week? And depending on your partner's appetite for it, whether it's, geez, if it's only once every six months, then, you know, is that too much? It depends on his appetite, not your appetite. And it's like, oh my God. Right. So all these things that make us feel like if you have sex you might be slutty you might be a sinner uh, all these things they are in our minds even if it is on the back but they are still there since we are small very very much so and i will argue as a young girl growing up then i'm like wait a minute the cows only do it to procreate because they don't have any urges any other times and they won't receive a bull and the bull's not interested in any of them that aren't cycling. So, okay, I get that. And pigs are the same way. And I'm going at some point in time in biology class, it must've been high school because I'm sure it wasn't in grade school that it was stated that there are very few animals that will have sexual activity outside of for the practice of procreation for conception i'm going dolphins and humans dang it he built us this way so i will accept it that it's not a one-shot deal he built us this way let's enjoy it yes yes of course and it's so important for health you know that the amount of orgasms we have in our lives are directly related to how long we live. No <laughs> so way. There has been ex- studies in which um, orgasm is inversely related to mortality. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. No wonder they only live to 40, 50 years when they... <laughs> <laughs> and now we get to live to 100. We're starting to catch on to this game, aren't we? <laughs> yes. Holy cow. But now let me tell you something that is concerning. Over 75% of women have difficulty achieving orgasm. And out of those women, some of them will have few or no orgasms in their lives. Isn't that... And... It is less to do with structure and much more to do with the mental aspects, the energy aspects behind it. And for some then, I can understand, you know, if they were sexually abused as a little Mm -hmm. girl, that, that is a bucket load of healing that has to happen. And my heart hurts for them. But for the average female uh, to not go through or to go through life and not experience that energy that 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 surge of hormone energy is like oh that hurts my heart for them so that's why we're doing this job (laughs) and that's why we're having this conversation because you know and the sad thing is that most women have experienced some kind of abuse sexual abuse. Sometimes it might be something small, like maybe somebody just touched their shoulder inappropriately or yes. without permission. Yes. And sometimes it's full on abuse. Yes. So that prevents us from having the trust and feel safe enough to 
achieve that intimacy with a partner. Yeah. So that's another aspect I work with yes. as well. It is trauma. understanding what was not their responsibility, was not their, not our, not my wrongdoing, that it it's something bigger, something more. Wow. Okay, so you do this in group sessions or are you doing it one-on-one or how are you reaching the world with this? Well, there are many ways. I have my podcast, I have my YouTube channel. So all of that is for free resources for any women. We also have a Facebook group where women can connect. And then when I'm teaching, I teach both ways. So I teach one-on-one, just having clients directly working with them. And then I also have groups. And what I love about the groups is that the sisterhood aspect comes in. Mm. So Mm. these are things, (laughs) yes, because these are things that are a taboo. We feel embarrassed or ashamed to share about. And at the end, when we are in in our sisterhood, we see that all women have the same wounds, the same sadnesses the same concerns and by being able to share it with somebody that knows exactly what you're talking about that sometimes we cannot even tell our partners or even our psychologists but with a a sisterhood we find that safety so that's what i love about teaching in a group being able to share from the heart in a in a group of women that are going to embrace you oh (laughs) i just get the tinglys all over because it it, it is embracing, it's empowering. That's part of empowering health journeys. That's why you're on my podcast. It's like, mm-hmm. she has a message that I want individuals to hear. I want men to listen to this and go, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I've maybe not done right by my wife or my mother or my sisters or my daughters or whatever. And, and maybe they have. I'm not, not all men... I'm not going there, but the fact that we can share this out and share it to another friend, male or female, and saying, hey, take a listen to, so what is the name of your podcast and your YouTube channels? Yes, so my podcast is Divine Sexuality, Mm -hmm. and then my YouTube channel is Higher Self Community. Oh, and (laughs) so via um, Facebook or website, Empowering Health Journeys, you will be able to find connected with this podcast, this episode, links to connect with Victoria. If you wish to further explore the Facebook, her YouTube, her sisterhood in terms of the groups, in terms of the one-on-one for the divine sexuality expert, Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So as we start to um, kind of work on wrapping this up from a more standard health and wellness aspect, then do you have some supplements that you find are the most helpful for you at this state in your health journey, life journey? Well, there are a lot of things. <laughs> Something that, that feels like I want to share with you today yes. is wild foods. <laughs> wild foods. I love it. Keep going. So my husband and I, 
teach plant medicine. So we go and bring a group out in the wild. We teach them how to identify medicinal plants and edible plants. And what we love about this is that, first of all, they are all surrounding us. So any place you live in, most likely you're going to find some edible wild foods Mm -hmm. that are beyond organic. So this is not just organic, it's beyond organic. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yes, because, you know... Um, now that I live here in, in Los Angeles and I have my driveway and all of that, my yard, I see in the driveway the weeds growing through the asphalt. They're so strong mm-hmm. that they have that life force inside and they grow so strong. Whereas in agriculture, we know how we have to, you know, nurture it so, mm-hmm. and take care of it so that it grows. So that's the potency of wild plants. They are natural to the environment you are in, so they are especially conditioned to that environment and thus can empower you to be in alignment with your environment. And this is something that connects us with Mother Earth. Yes. And I feel that we have such detachment from the areas where we live. So going out, understanding what are the plants that are as we call it in shamanism, the plant people, your relatives yes. <laughs> in your area. Yes. So starting connecting with that, understanding which plants are which, understanding which are good for you, and, and creating that relationship, I find it very healing at many levels. Oh. Um, yes, based upon where I have grown up, lived most of my life here in central Alberta, and I have a very good girlfriend that was raised in the Northern Canada environment. And her, um, she has some native um, North American Indian heritage to her. And her wisdom of going out and picking the plants and stuff is like, well, let's go huckleberry picking. And I'm like, I've never done huckleberry picking, but oh my God, are they ever good? And so I know that's very simplistic terms, but it is the fact of eating from the land, the energy, the the vitality, the taste is so So, And may I add something? Yes. Because we want to always do this with a lot of respect and a lot of awareness. So here in the US, there was this tendency of, devastating sage to sell it so i'm not talking about that we need to be respectful to our environment and to the plant people is otherwise it's like if somebody enters our house and takes everything right so we want to have that respect of understanding we're going to just take little amounts we're going to ask for permission for uh, to the plant and we're going to give something to the plant in return which can be a song it can be your breath so we want to just make sure that we do it with a lot of respect. Oh, the next time also, I go, go ahead, Victoria. We also tend to, to the land, tending to the land as our ancestors did. So that means that if a plant is a little broken in one side, that's the one that we take so that we break it in a way that it helps the, the plant grow stronger. 
So it's always a relationship with the plant. And of course, that's what, I, that we, what we teach. <laughs> but I wanted to make sure I clarify it here so that well and that's fair it's not a it's not an act of over harvesting it is not an act of um destruction in the part process of harvesting it is enough not more than enough for an individual and i the energy behind the giving back of a song of a grateful breath of a vibrant energy as i receive i am grateful oh my goodness oh some days i hope you and i get to share a glass of wine or tea oh. or water or oh, face to face at some point in time in life here plant medicine the wild foods is at your foundational heart right now and i so respect that thank you um so as we wrap this up then did you happen to bring a guest gift today yes yes i would love to gift everybody my divine sexuality book so that you can learn more about these aspects that can heal our sexuality as women and you can go to victoriavives.com slash divine and that is v-i-c-t-o-r-i-a-v-i-v-e-s.com slash divine excellent so that link will be available within the podcast notes within any place where i share via the website or facebook empoweringhealthjourneys.com or empowering health journeys and the book is all about the fundamentals of divine sexuality that would be a good starting place to work with you or to join the group etc yes Excellent. that's a perfect perfect place and then from there you can join the group and anything that you would like to do yeah mm -hmm. wow thank you so as we wrap this up folks then victoria thank you so much for this time it Thank has you. been an absolute pleasure. I'll give you a last word. Sorry. Oh, no. Thank you so much, Lana. I'm so happy to be here. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Well, folks, that wraps up another episode of Empowering Health Journeys. I wish you love and energy as we transition through life in whatever our transitions are, whatever our shifts are. So in every day, some way, look after your health. Love and hugs. Take care. Talk to you soon. As we wrap up this episode, then we welcome you to check out the Empowering Health Journeys website, Facebook page, and group. On the site, you will find links for guest goodies, their info, as well as that of our advertisers and sponsors. Please feel free to share and subscribe to this podcast to stay in the information loop. And a five-star rating and review would be appreciated. We hope that you're feeling inspired because empowering health journeys is kind of our jam or salad. <laughs>